Hey guys, it's Elias Sepeda, and for now, just Elias Sepeda on the latest episode of the Extra Rounds podcast. We have some phenomenal guests lined up for you, two to be exact, in just a few moments. But until then, I'm on my own. I'm without Mike Money Dice. He headed out to UFC 203 a couple weeks ago. That is the last I've seen of him. He's been filing great work, but I haven't seen him. You know what they say, Ohio can change a man. And I'm worried that it has changed Mike Dice. It's a glamorous life out in the in the Cleve. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if he'll ever be back. I sure hope so, though. Mike, if you're out there listening, I want you back, buddy. show's not the same without you. For now, I'm going to soldier on. We've got Bilal Muhammad, UFC welterweight, who first fought in a barn burner this past July against Alan Joban. Lost a decision, but maybe some say won the war. He finished that fight strong as he certainly proved that he is worthy of fighting the best in the welterweight division. He is fighting again for the second time against Augusto Montano this Saturday, September 17th on FS1 on the, uh, where is this card taking place? Hidalgo, Texas. He, Bilal Muhammad out of Chicago, Illinois, is fighting Augusto Montano uh, just uh, just in a, in a day or so. And he still made time to talk with us, the Extra Rounds podcast. We're really excited. We're going to talk about his last fight, his next fight, and a lot more. He's one of the best young prospects in the welterweight division. We're stoked to have him on. After Bilal Muhammad, we will have Luke Rockhold back on the show. Since the last time we had Luke on the show, a lot has changed. Back then, he was just a day or two into training after undergoing stem cell uh, treatment for his injured knee, the injured knee that he trained with and fought uh, with at UFC 199 in June when he ultimately lost his middleweight championship to Michael Bisping. He was feeling better, started into training last time we had him on the Extra Rounds podcast, but now Luke is full-on into training. Weeks in, and he's got a new UFC contract, and he's got his next fight signed, and it's a doozy. November 27th in Melbourne, Australia. Those lucky Aussies are going to get a rematch of Rockhold Souza 1. Those two fine middleweights first fought in Strike Force for uh, the middleweight belt, uh, the now defunct organization, years ago. It was a great close fight. Since then, they've both gone on to UFC greatness. Rockhold, of course, became champion. Souza, of course, is the number one, rightful number one contender to the belt in a very tough division to even figure out who the number one contender is he certainly in my view has the best string of fights his last seven or eight or so he has one controversial loss to Yoel Romero who ended up testing positive and regardless of the test I scored the fight for Hockaday these two guys are going to be fighting Hockaday Rockhold too November 27th and we've got Luke Rockhold back on the show exclusively can't wait to talk to him uh, there's a lot to talk to him about he's been complaining and vocal about UFC pay. He has, uh, I believe he is now at New York Fashion Week. He signed with Soul Artist Management, modeling uh, uh, management uh, group. He uh, has a big fight ahead of him. This guy's got a lot on his plate, and he's still coming off of what he told us last time was, was, was honestly the toughest period in his life. He lost his belt, and much more importantly, he lost his father, um, Luke is, is making time for us again, and we're really excited for that. So we're going to get started with Bilal Muhammad. After that, Luke Rockhold. I'm Aliyah Sabeda here with the Extra Rounds Podcast. Mike Dice is probably out in a cabana somewhere in beautiful, the beautiful seashores of Cleveland, Ohio, living it up. Uh, I miss him. I can't wait till he's back uh, on the show hosting with me. It'll definitely make for a better show. For now, I'll do what I can. 
Bilal Mohammed. I believe he is online. Bilal, thanks for being on the show, man. I uh, really appreciate your time. So first thing, I, uh, you know, I was at I was at the last fight, and I know I know you didn't get the the decision uh, that you wanted, but you know, I still want to. I feel like congratulating you still because. It was such an amazing fight, and you obviously proved to the world that you belong, you know, in the UFC, and that you can fight with the best of the best. So, you know, I, I still want to say congrats on that, and looking forward to the next fight. But, uh, but I gotta, I gotta ask you, man, that was such a a, a brutal looking fight. Um, you know, the, the guy you fought is still laid out from like broken bones and stuff. Like, I, I, you're fighting again real soon. How are you? How I, like the thing in my head is like, how could you possibly be healed up? Uh, after such a, a crazy fight so soon? Uh, honestly, man, I didn't have any really big injuries. I had, like, a cut on my nose, and I had, like, three stitches for it, but I was, like, back in the gym next week, and uh, I'm, like, I'm a real bad loser, so I was, like, right away had to go back in there and uh, start training again. Wow. Like, I didn't have any uh, big bruises or anything like that, and uh, got my head checked, everything was all good, so I was, like, all right, and, uh, I had to just get back in the cage right away. Psychologically, was it... Um was it some? Was it pretty hard for you to 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 recover from from what was your first professional loss? I mean, it sounds like you're addressing that a little bit. Like, hey, I'm a bad loser. It's it's hard for me to let that sit. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that's gonna sit there and dwell on a loss and like just like and stuff like that. I'm a guy that I'm gonna have to work. I know I need to work harder now to get that one back. I need to get another one back right on uh, real quick. That's why I wanted to get a fight in real quick. What surprised you, if anything, about uh, about that fight, about fighting in the UFC, or, or or what didn't? You know, like was there anything that that felt different, or did it feel uh, like it always has for you? Uh, I mean, it was, everything felt good in the back, and uh, dad just. Once you get here, like, first of all, that's when you start getting it. I got I got a little nervous. And I was like, all right, now I know I made it just because I got Bruce Buffer saying my name. But, like, I'm not one of those guys that get big nervous or anything like that. I know this is one of those, right? When I thought, when I heard him say my name, I was like, damn, okay, man, I wish I recorded this one. I wanted to hear him say it again. But uh, that was, like, the only cool thing about it. But uh, anything else, I just, like, it's one of those where I think I just overthought the fight. Uh, um, I went in there thinking, oh, this is UFC. I need to be smarter now. I need to do I need to do things differently because I'm not a guy that sits there and watches, uh, watches videos on my opponent's fights. But for that fight, I was like, all right, I'm a UFC now. I need to be smart. I need to come with a game plan. So I sat there and overthought the whole situation. And uh, I don't plan on doing that anymore. So do you feel like by the end of the third round, you weren't really like game planning anymore? You were just coming out real, real hard? And like, you know, because you had, you had some of your best moments, you know, at the end of the fight, it almost looked like. Allen, you know, was in a lot of trouble, and if the fight had gone longer, would, would have, you know, was a risk of, of getting finished. Did you kind of like by the end of the fight shrug it off and go back to what you're describing as like your normal approach? Yeah, it was one of those where it's like, I right, forget it. Because before I was, I, I said, right, I'm not gonna throw any kicks this fight because he, uh, he's good at uh, returning off the kicks. So I was sitting there like first round, I'm gonna throw any kicks, and I was like, it's not my style. I'm a guy that throws everything out there, throws everything at you. So yeah, I'm one of those guys that keeps pulling forward. Yeah. Like surprised me with everything, so I mean it was one of those. Uh, by the third round came, I was like, All right, I need to step on the gas and just forget everything else. It, it just became a fight after that. Mm-hmm. The first two rounds was trying to be smart. So the third round was just all right. Let's go in there and bang. Your 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 next opponent, uh, Montano. 
What what do you I, I mean I'm sure it didn't matter to you much, Bilal, who you were gonna fight next, but what do you like about this matchup, uh, if you think about it? Uh honestly I really I didn't know anything about the guy at first. Uh the only thing I knew is that he was like suspended uh for steroids, so I said alright, that was gonna be like extra motivation. Uh, because I, I'm really getting that type of stuff stuff and it's like just aggravating me. You had all these guys killing the sport and making the sport look bad because they're on steroids and it makes people uh, all these guys aren't there you know, there's no way that guys are in that good of shape because not taking stuff so it just like puts you off type of when you see these guys getting pumped and stuff like that like, I could motivate me a little more you know, hmm. that he was on there and I wanted to just go in and beat him up for it going back to the, the last fight uh, correct me if I'm wrong but you you had um, uh, Palestine's flag there you know in the backdrop and they're doing the intros you were talking about the intros earlier uh, and I wanted to. I don't want to ask you. Like, talk. Why was it important for you to put that flag on display? A flag of a nation that, uh, you know, in my opinion, unfortunately, is not recognized by countries like the U.S. and Israel in an, in an official way. You know, like doesn't doesn't technically have its its independence. It's still really subjugated, right, to to another nation, and it's really kind of a captive state. Like, what what did that mean to you to have it out there? Was it you know, just yeah. What what did it have mean to you, and why was it important for you to have that uh, have that out there? Uh, it was big for me, man. It was big just because I know that I have a lot of people that support me from there, and uh, it was just great that I have a platform now, so I can show support for them and show them that you know we're we're fighters in Palestine and we do exist, and uh, we're gonna keep fighting until the end until we get recognized and people recognize that flag, know that flag means. And uh, I just want to get a type of player that represents it. To, to his fullest with a type of guy that's going to go in there and just like what the nation represents it's about fighting and uh, never giving up to him. and I, I'm curious like what have you if, if anything like I'm curious if you've seen or felt the tone of um, of the country here or maybe even the world um, yeah, have you felt that tone and attitude uh, change you know in your lifetime or recent years um against Muslims generally or against people from Palestine or people of Palestinian descent, do you feel like the prejudice or the hatred or the discrimination um, or the misunderstanding, any of these things are are, are, are getting worse? Um, is that something that, that that you're feeling? Like I could talk about my own feelings as like uh, a Mexican guy, like about how feelings have changed and stuff, but like as as a, as a Muslim and, you know, someone uh, Palestinian descent, have you felt, have you felt the negativity Rising? Uh, but not personally. I haven't felt anything like directly toward me, but I've, I've seen a lot where I see a lot of, uh, where like there end up being like a, a, a tag terrorist attack or something like that, and then it'll always be all he Muslims and Muhammad. That means, but people don't understand that uh, it's not in the Quran to like hurt innocent people or uh, just blow up stupid things and uh, just kill people with this. It doesn't say that in the Quran. These people that are doing it are just like really, honestly, to me, they're, they're psycho. They're not even. Uh, Muslim, I don't consider them Muslim. They're not even like radical Muslims. I don't even know why they, like, the news will right away, there's things Muhammad does, criminal, uh, they're radical Muslims, radical terrorists, but it, people, if you don't understand the crime, if you never read the crime, then you can't say what you think is in the crime and what these people represent. Like, Muslims are all around the world, they're like the most peaceful people in the world. When you meet them directly, they're the true ones. These guys that are out here killing people and uh, doing all these big uh, terrorist attacks, Killing innocent people is not what a Muslim does. So that's why I don't even consider these people Muslims. So when I hear people like 
another terrorist attack from us, another terrorist attack, where we're mostly getting bad rats. Like, I mean, it pisses you off just because a lot of these people that don't know anything about it are just learning from it from the news, where they're not educated and just hear, oh, Muslim this, Muslim that, Muslim this. And then when, when you meet somebody, they're like, oh, you're Muslim, they'll give you that, that bad look. We're like, oh, so you're one of those. You're like, do it. <laughs> oh, and then when they meet you, and then you're cool with them, and they're like, oh, wow, you're, you're actually a nice one. And I'm like, are you serious? Uh, how many have you met? Oh, no, I've seen on TV all the time. And I was like, so, I mean, it puts you off, but, I mean, uh, in the end, it all come back, come to fruition where people realize that it's mostly just media turning uh, people's uh, minds apart. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point to talk about how even, you know, how everyone will, will describe something as like if, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's a radical Muslim attack and stuff. But they when, when like, the KKK does stuff, they don't say it's a radical Christian attack. They don't, like, associate it with Christianity, even though, they you know, those people in the KKK think they call themselves Christian. They supposedly think they are. But it's kind of understood that that's such like a, it's such a bastardization of the religion that it's not fair to call them Christian. But yet that doesn't seem to happen. With you know, with so-called Muslims who 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 engage in terrorism, we always you know we always attribute it um, to to the religion, even if you know, like you said, yeah, most Muslims wouldn't the identify them. Oh, it says in the Quran to kill people. It says in the Quran to kill people. And like a, a, a white guy shoots up a movie theater or something like that. Uh, yeah, he has uh, he has disease. He's uh, mentally uh, Ill, stuff like that. They always come up with a mental thing for that when it's a white person, but when it's a Muslim. Uh, or when it's an Arabian person, oh, it's Muslim, it's in a crime, it's in a crime, it's in a crime. Bad, bad, bad. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I I, I, I think, I don't know if you could hear this or not, you're there, but I think there was a, a point in in your in your last fight where, like, a USA chant got going. And I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were meaning it for Joban. Like, does that type of, like, how, how, how hurtful is that type of stuff, man? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. My, one of my friends told me that like, he had a couple guys next to him that started screaming at and then by the end of the fight they were chanting for me <laughs> so I was like I'm glad that man, I I could do that type of thing where I'm on a platform where I could change people's minds that oh at first they were against me and then at the end of the fight they saw that I'm a fighter and that I have heart and stuff like that so they, they wanted they started coming with me that's what I'm going to use my platform for to show people that not all Arabians or Muslims are bad people and you could cheer for them it's not a bad thing to be to be that's awesome, man, and and you're you're making good use of the platform already, brother. In addition to just being a a phenomenal fighter, brother, I can't can't wait to see the next one. Thanks so much for uh for taking the time home. Alright, thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Take care, man. Peace. That was Bilal Muhammad, UFC welterweight, a rising star. He's got uh, his next fight, his second in the in the organization, Saturday, September seventeenth in Hidalgo, Texas. A uh, good scrap. Got to keep an eye on that guy. He's nine and one, and and on the rise. Um, he's really come a long way in a short period of time. I remember just a, a few years ago meeting him uh, at the gym, actually, and getting to, to to train with him a little bit. Even then, he just he clearly had the athletic tools to make it happen, and he's he's done so much with his career in, in just a few short years. Very impressive to see. Also, really cool listening to him talk about discrimination, about trying to be an example to people of, uh, of a positive Muslim, a positive person of Arabic, uh, Arab descent, and, uh, and just talking to him about his own experiences and, and, and how he tries to go out there and change 
people's minds uh, just by example, by living his life, uh, and, and even turning the tide within the uh, within the the parameters of one particular fight and getting people who were uh, ignorantly cheering against him for for bad reasons cheering for him. It's 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 a struggle that no one should should have to to fight. Uh, but uh, he's doing the best he can, and he is phenomenal to watch, as tough-nosed and, and and exciting as it gets out there. Up next, we have Luke Rockhold, the former middleweight champion, on the show again. One of our favorite guests in our short history. He's really not afraid to talk about tough issues, uh, controversial ones, and uh, he, might t- he might touch on a few of those uh, here with us again today. Luke, thanks for making time, brother, on the Extra Rounds podcast. Hey, Luke, how are you? Hey, Luke, I'm doing real well, man. How are you feeling, brother? I'm doing it. That's what <laughs> I got to do. Good, man, good. Well, thanks for making time, man. I'll jump right in. Last time we talked, you, um, you, were, you had just started back in training. You were talking about possible future opponents, uh, even talking about, hey, if Dan Henderson gets injured, uh, you know, I'll step in or whatever. Uh, then, then sometime later, I saw some interviews from you where you were saying that you, you didn't like what the UFC was offering you for your next fight. What changed in that time period? Did they just did they offer you a fight, but they they didn't want to restructure it in a way that was fair? You know, I signed my contract with the UFC back before uh, I fought Machida, and I had confidence in myself to win the title, and I thought that. I'd find myself in a better situation, but the uh, the contract fell back <clears throat> before I re- would restructure it to a place where I wasn't really happy with. And, and uh, seeing you know what I fell back to, and, and knowing what I've what I've accomplished, and, and uh, you know my credibility in the sport, I was I was pretty uh, uh, you know I wasn't I wasn't happy with what they were offering. So um, it's going to take more than that to get me to fight. Got other avenues outside the sport, and I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go fight for for you know when it's not worth it. You know? mm. uh, I, I gotta get I gotta get my due. I gotta get my worth. And uh, you know, no matter how much I love fighting and what I'm doing out here, it's, I, want, I need to get fucking paid. Luke, do you think we're in a a new era in MMA, at least in in the UFC, where maybe fighters like yourself are starting to realize? how deep the pockets of the UFC are, especially with new ownership, how little percentage of revenue you guys get in comparison to other pro athletes that are on Fox and, and stuff like that, and, and where you see, you've see you seen other fighters renegotiating fight-to-fight, kind of like big-time boxers do. Like, is this, is this a, new, a new era? It didn't used to be this way. You know, it didn't used to be this way where guys would say, I want to restructure, uh, would talk about publicly not being happy with their pay, um, you know, it used to be that anyone would fight for peanuts on two days' notice. Is it is it changing? I think we're in a transition period. I think I think there's you know there's definitely positive change in the sport, and people are starting to realize. It. So it's about you know leverage in, in the right situation and, and uh, understanding your worth. So uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different avenues to uh, to supplement, and uh, you know rather than trying to guys are trying to keep you down with these paychecks um, keep you keep you hungry keep you needing more i saw your your video you said you you know you've got the new fight you've got a new contract what did they do to to, to make you happy we restructured the deal uh, for the time being and uh and so we uh we got a new contract got a new contract we 
up the, the money and, and uh, got the right fight. So I think I think this is the, the best fight for me right now to get me back to the title. I think it's I think we're clearly probably the best two guys in the division. Uh, so this this will solidify myself as the going back and getting my gold back. Have you thought at all about that this this fight you'll be fighting someone again who you've who you've beaten in the past, and that you know that's not obviously it's not exactly the same situation. But your last fight again, you fought someone in a rematch who you'd beaten before. Have you thought about that, and and are you mindful of of uh, of the mindset you'll need to to get up for for someone you've already beaten? Yeah, you know, it's about respecting your opponent. Something I didn't do. Last time out, and uh, I went out there and completely disregarded my opponent and, and what he brought to the table. And anything can happen in this game, and, and I uh, and I got caught. But it doesn't it doesn't tell the tale of who the better fighter is. And uh, it's time for me to time it's time for me to go back to, to fighting the way that you know what got me here, what got me to the title, and that's you know it's being a precise tactical fighter and respecting my opponent. And going in there and and doing what I have to do, uh, it's a, a dangerous world, and, and obviously proved that anything can happen. Uh, given the short notice of visiting and the way I beat him the first time, I, I really didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't give him the respect that, that all fighters deserve. And uh, I went out there and I didn't. I didn't fight appropriately. Uh, it's been a bit since you and Souza last fought. Uh, you know, I'm sure both of you have improved a lot. Um, is this a is this? It was a good close fight the first time. Is this a fight that even you, Luke, have a hard time kind of like playing out or predicting in your mind, or or do you have a pretty clear picture of, of how it's going to go if if you do what you need to do? Uh, you know, I always have a direction of where I want to take this fight and where I think it will go. No doubt. And, and it usually plays out the way I, I imagine and I plan. Uh, so I, I got to practice and, <clears throat> and work exactly how I want to fight. You know? that's, that's the benefits of having a, an opponent for a whole training camp. You kind of cater your, your game plan. You don't, you know, rather than changing everything up last minute and just free, free balling it out there, mm-hmm. um, freestyling. Free so with John Curry, I know what I need to do. Uh, Curious to see what he's going to try to implement, whether he tries to grapple with me more or stand up with me more. He obviously wasn't as successful in the grappling department last time around. I don't know if he really thinks that anything's going to change on that one, or, or he thinks he can find a hole in an opening. But you know, I'm welcome. I welcome Jacare, and I welcome the fight wherever it takes place. But I think I can dominate this fight. I just got to be smart and uh, be tactical. With your with your training, I mean, you went into the last one hurt. It hasn't been a long time since since your last fight. I know you've been training already for a bit. Are you at a place where you're able to to do everything you want in training and 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 you know put in the level of uh, intensity that 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 you feel prepares you prepares you best? Are you back basically to to doing what you want to be able to do in the gym? Yeah, no, I, I feel great right now. I, I've taken. A long extended break and to let my body heal. There's there's injuries I went into that last fight that prevented me from, from full training. Uh, I mean that whole training camp I was I was, was hindered by my knee and I couldn't throw my my best weapon, which is my left kick, the whole, the whole camp. So 
it's time uh, it's time to go out there and, and, and be healthy and, and to go show what I can do. And so I was very wanted to be very sure of myself before I entered into a contract and do a new fight uh, before I could go back and, and reestablish myself. So I, I know I need all my tools, and uh, I'm not. You know, I feel I feel great about that right now, and I feel healthy. I feel like I need to. Uh, I feel like I'm ready. Wanted to before we end. Uh, you know, you mentioned having other avenues and stuff, and obviously now, I'm sure you're a hundred million percent focused on on the fight. But you, I saw interviews where you were talking about uh, modeling. Uh, Alan Joban is the guy that I get to talk with, you know, from time to time, and and I and um, he, I believe, uh, I believe you're you're with his same like agency now, right? The Soul Soul Artist. And so, you, what got you interested in the in the modeling uh, world? Funny. <laughs> what made you aware of it? So you can't fight. You can't fight 100 percent of the time. So uh, making a little money on the side is uh, that's what it's all about. People can say what they will, but you know it's about paper chase. And uh, when the dollars are are talking, you know I'm listening. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. A, a friend of mine and a teammate of mine. Uh, he's an amateur out here. Um, he actually he's. He does modeling. He's represented by them as well, and he's the one that let me know. Like I didn't know that you would sign with them and stuff. And he's the one that let me know. He's like, "Yeah, hey, Luke Rockhold's, uh, you know, with the same agency and stuff." Did was it something that like was presented to you? Of uh, like people came to you and said, "Hey, you know, have you thought about this?" Pretty much, you know. I think some people saw me around at a couple of the UFCs and then made an introduction uh, with Soul, with the Soul Artist team, and and they uh, they had some high hopes and aspirations for me and, and I figured I'd give them a chance and, and uh, to test the market out. So uh, things have been going really well and uh, I'm trying to uh, you know, stack my cash. You, know, you have a short career, short window in modeling and fighting and, and uh, you know as much money as I can stack set myself up in the future is what I'm going to do. Hmm. That's, that's, that's the name of the game. Did you go to uh, New York Fashion Week? I'm currently in New York at Fashion Week. No kidding. How how is uh how is that experience? Is it kind of is it kind of trippy or is it like the normal like celebrity type of uh, thing that maybe you've been uh, you, you've been privy to before? I've been to a lot of situations similar to this, but uh, definitely this is my first introduction to, to the full Fashion Week, and uh, I just got here last night, so I don't really know much. Yeah, um, I've been to a few a few interviews and. A photo shoot tomorrow and some shows tonight and tomorrow. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, uh, I'm just gonna take it for what it is and train on the side and do what I have to do. You know, I'm not losing focus. I'm, I'm doing everything I need to do to prepare for a fight. And uh, you know, there's a little downtime in the middle to uh, take a couple pictures and you know, build a couple checks. And that's what I'm doing. Cool, man. I know Alan when he first got into the UFC. I remember him telling me how he was excited at the prospect of being able to make enough money fighting where he wouldn't have to do modeling. He had nothing against modeling, but he was excited to, you know, he, he loves fighting. Uh, and, then, and then with his success in the UFC, apparently he got so many more opportunities of modeling that he said, you know, I really can't turn this down. So, I mean, it seems like a really good time. Like there's, there seems to be a lot more interest, um, you know, in, in fighting as well, which, which could lend itself to that. So, yeah, I, I think people could understand anyone taking an opportunity uh, that's presented to them. And that's, that's exciting, bro. Hope, hope it goes well. Yeah, no, it's going well. You can, you know, 
cross-promoting is it, more than a model. There's, there's more substance to it. So it's a better storyline, better paycheck. That's what it's all about. Awesome, man. Well, Luke, I'll, I'll let you go now, man. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, so. All right, man. Peace. That was Luke Rockhold. I'm Elias Cepeda here for the Extra Rounds podcast. On behalf of Mike Dice, who could not join us because he's busy clamming it up still. He's just not been the same since UFC 203. He got exposed to that OHIO lifestyle. And uh, I don't know. I got to try to lure him back. But uh, it was still fun getting to talk with Bilal Muhammad. It was still fun getting to talk with Luke Rockhold. Can't wait to watch their upcoming fights for Bilal September 17th on FS1. For Luke Rockhold, number 27th, against Ronaldo Hakare Souza in a fight that has to be a number one contender's fight uh, for the title at middleweight. Super excited to watch those uh, and, and all the other matchups coming up soon. Stick with us. If you're listening to this somewhere else other than iTunes, check out iTunes. Give us a five-star rating if you like us. If you're on iTunes listening to it, go ahead and click those five stars for us. It helps us out a lot. Uh, if you don't like us, still let your friends know about uh, about us and what a bad job you think we're doing, and, and they might like us a little bit. Uh, shameless plugs for those five-star ratings. They help us out a ton. I want to thank our guests again, Bilal Muhammad and Luke Rockhold. We'll be back with you next week. I'm Elias Beda. Hopefully I'll have uh, Mike Dice with me. Hopefully we'll be streaming live. We'll see. Probably have a couple of other badass guests for you, as always. For everyone here at the X-Rounds Podcast, Please continue to check out fansider.com and SIMMA. And uh, stay tuned for everything we got coming for you guys. Thanks. Take care.